listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy, happy Friday. Thank you for spending some of your time with us this hour. It is year-ender time. This is when politicians and civic leaders sit down with reporters. They have press conferences. They talk about the year that has gone by. John Tory is sitting down with our Matthew Bingley. He just did about an hour ago. Uh, Matthew Bingley, our Global News reporter, will have more on that on Global News Radio and Global News Television tonight. And as you heard in the news, Chief Saunders, Mark Saunders, the police chief, holding a press conference, and there is no jargon, there is no corporate speak that Chief Saunders does not love. He loves it all. Chief Saunders, what's going on with the go forward? In 2020, we will also introduce a new shift schedule pilot, a move that will facilitate more proactive policing, a commitment to the way forward. Oh, he's committed to the way forward on the go forward. This has been a long criticism of mine of Chief Saunders, and I don't take issue with a a number of the things that he does. I think he obviously has an enormously uh, pressure-filled job, and he is trying to enact an overhaul of the Toronto Police Service, which means that he's being criticized from every side, from the force itself, also from citizens concerned, and then we have an uptick in gun violence, and then we have pedestrian deaths, and all the rest of that ends up on his plate. My concern is one of the key things that you have to do as the police chief is you have to be able to communicate. You have to be an effective communicator. And I'm going to play a couple of clips from you for you here, and I'm going to ask you the question, is Chief Saunders an effective communicator? I mean, is there a pill you can take for that? You take the red pill. I mean, I'll just ask him again, Mr. Saunders. When we speak collectively about gun violence, street gang violence, there's, there's no silver bullet. There is no pill, matrix, red, blue pill, and all is better. Oh, I went ahead and took that pill. You take the blue pill. Oh, I see. I took the wrong one. Here, a reporter asked the police chief about the relationship between police and people living in violence-plagued neighborhoods. Are the police doing enough? I'm not sure who you represent, but if I could take you into communities that will tell you the opposite, that we have a strong relationship with them. And and I will agree that there are levels of frustration. Uh, The funding needs are something that that is always a concern uh, from all of the the baskets that that I speak about. What? You take the red pill. What baskets? What is... I don't know who you represent, but I have a basket here. I have a corporate jargony basket. It's filled with multi-pronged, multi-dimensional, multi-jurisdictional, faceted response from key stakeholders. You ever been in one of these meetings? Do you do any corporate work at all? You ever go to one of these meetings and somebody just talks for half an hour and you think, I don't think any of that was English. I think that was was just a lot of jargon put together. You take the blue pill. Thank you. And then here, I love this. There's another question here from a reporter. Clearly, the chief of police thinks we're all idiots. To what do you attribute the uptick in gun violence? Did you just come in? Because I've I've spoke about it for for quite a while. Did you just come in? We're... I'm sorry. I'm getting a bit prickly here. You take the red pill. (laughs) I think perhaps the police chief should take a pill. And then, I mean, 
And this is something we've talked about on this program quite a bit, about the uptick in pedestrian deaths, the lack of enforcement. It is a killing zone on our streets. There should be absolute concern about this. So then when the chief is asked to reflect on a year where more pedestrians are getting mowed down by cars, this is the answer. But I will still be very firm on this when I say that um, I was very, very strong in the education and awareness piece. We can hammer people all day long. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to change behavior. The more informed people are, the more educated that they are, it creates better chances for success. So what are you going to do in that moment? If you have the right knowledge of what needs to be done, if you have the right knowledge to be preventative, then it provides an opportunity for better safety right across the board. Okay, so talking about don't hammer people with education because, and then I lost them. I just, because we were right back to the jargon again. And then I'm worried that if I ask them a question, this kind of thing's going to happen. What do you attribute the uptick in gun violence? Did you just come in? Because I've, I've spoke about it for, for quite a while. I'm sorry, did you just come in? You take the red pill. Oh, it's the red pill I should take. I'm sorry. Let's get the latest on what's going on in Durham region where officers responded to the scene of an OPP, uh, pardon me, to a shooting call. This happened this morning at 3.30 in the morning. The OPP, when they responded, said they found one person in a vehicle, or rather they found one vehicle with three people, pardon me, two male victims and one female victim. Our Catherine McDonald is our crime reporter and is covering this. What's the latest on this situation, Catherine? Uh, we just got an update from Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP Highway Traffic uh, Safety Division. He says it was actually 3.20 a.m. when a call came in uh, about the shooting on Highway 401 in the Collector's Lane lanes westbound near White's Road. There was a Kia that had pulled over into the, uh, into the shoulder, and it, it was uh, the glass on the driver's side. We can see it's still here on the highway. was uh, was blown out. There were three people in this vehicle two men and a woman who had been struck by uh, by bullets. The man was taken to hospital. He remains in hospital in serious condition. Another man and woman were uh, also taken to hospital with minor, with minor injuries. They've now been released. Uh, Sergeant Schmidt says they're trying to figure out exactly what happened. Uh, they won't even say if this was targeted or random. It appears that it was targeted. Uh, but they've shut down the highway uh, for quite a distance as they are scouring the scene, looking for evidence, looking for casings. Um, they're appealing to anyone who may have dash cam video. Obviously, uh, we've had a, a rash of these shootings on these 400 series highways, and I asked uh, Sergeant Schmidt, what's going on? And he says, we have no idea if this is related to anything in the past. There were also reports that perhaps uh, whatever happened here on the highway was precipitated by a dispute at a, at a bar earlier. He says, we are still investigating everything. Um, all they can say is that you know, they're taking this very seriously. The bigger problem here is, of course, you know, tens of thousands of commuters have been affected by this shutdown um, as people are trying to get into work on a Friday before the holidays. Uh, I, I know a lot of people at Global were late for work. Police, I, I said, why does it take so long? Because it's still going to be a few more hours. And he says, we only have one chance to collect evidence, and we, we do it thoroughly. And this could be, um, you know, whatever happened here, they got to figure out why, and they this is their only chance to, to collect the evidence properly. So I know he said 
says it's frustrating. They understand that uh, so many people are still trying to get to work. You can see just or by the highway, we see people driving along the road off the highway here, you know, side roads. Um, police apologize, but this is what they have to do to try to solve these crimes. And this is a brazen crime. Yeah. Now, Catherine, you mentioned that we've had a rash of these recently, and there, there's no evidence, obviously, that these are all connected. But there seems to be uh, a willingness uh, on the part of criminals and those with violent intention to just start firing guns as they drive down a 400 series highway. Yeah, you know, and I was recently doing a story in Peel region, and I asked the chief, why are people shooting on highways? And he said, well, one of our theories is because it's easier uh, to make a getaway if you're on a highway. He says, if you, if you shoot someone in a, on a side street, you might get caught up in traffic, whereas if you're on a highway, you know, it's easy to take off. That being said, police are looking at these MTO cameras to try to get some kind of uh, you know, surveillance video showing the suspect vehicle. They can't say exactly where the shooting happened. Did it happen right here where the actual victim car came to arrest? Or were they shot up earlier? Um, and so this is where they're trying to go now, trace this whole thing backwards. But I can only imagine for other people on the highway, it must have been a terrifying scene. Uh, absolutely. Now, now here, let's read between the lines here a little bit, because we, we have people taken to hospital and released. We have people in hospital who are injured but not critically, and we're talking a number of hours later, and the police have not said that this was random. That that leads me to believe this is not a random issue at all, that there is some kind of backstory here. I mean, these are usually targeted shootings. Every, Almost every shooting I've done on the highway, I should say, has been targeted. I mean, except for one a few years, a year, just over a year ago, a man was shot along the uh, 410, if you recall, and it turned out that he was a case. It was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, he was an innocent victim, and they were looking for a car similar to his. A week later, there was another shooting where someone was, in fact, the intended target. So, usually these are targeted, and, and usually the people that are that are shot are the intended target. Hopefully, in this case, you know, this wasn't an innocent person. These weren't innocent people. That being said, there was a lot. Of the, the threat to public safety when someone drives on a highway and begins shooting at another vehicle is is unbelievably high. Catherine, I got to let you go, but before I do that, I, I know you heard some of what I played before you came on. You have covered this police chief in the city of Toronto. Your assessment of him as a communicator? Well, you know, this is the hand that feeds me. I don't want to be too critical of Chief Saunders. Uh, certainly, he has a very difficult job to do, and I know people are very critical. That being said, uh, I, I I like the chief, and I feel that he often comes off as a very defensive communicator. And before we even have a chance to ask a question, I feel that he's on the defensive. Having worked with Julian Santino, Bill Blair, uh, you know, other chiefs around uh, around the regions, Armand Labarge, Eric Jolis, I've never, I don't remember a chief who who seemed to be, you know, he had his backup. He has his backup when you go into a news conference before you even begin. And I, I, I don't. I wonder if I've done something personally. I, I feel, uh, you know, it's like, have we offended you? Um, and I know it's a tough job. But, yes, I, I do understand sometimes, you know, I remember this summer at the ORB news conference when it came out that Jeb and Kong, you know, had fled the country. And uh, another reporter from another station really uh, attacked him. And in that case, I understand that he gets defensive. But, you know, often that's not the case. And I, I think sometimes he, he gets defensive. Uh, and I, I wonder why. What, what did we do as the media? And, you know, I, look. The, the, police, the work the police do is not easy, and I don't think he has an easy job. That being said, sometimes I think he comes off as awfully defensive. Catherine McDonald is our Global News crime reporter. Appreciate you being on the program, Catherine. Talk soon.
Well, we are coming to the end of the week, and so many people have the week off next week trying to get out of Dodge, take off, maybe fly the sunny skies, the friendly skies, whatever the skies might be, heading south. I'm getting all my ad lines all mixed up. Uh, Sean O'Shea is live at Pearson Airport for Global News Today, keeping an eye on how things are going at the airport. Hi, Sean. Hi, Alan. I've got a bit of travel envy. It's one of those things where you come out to do stories out here, and you're not getting on a plane. It's, <laughs> I know anyway, it's that's, the worst. I've life. done it so many times. You go out to the airport, and you're like, why am I not leaving, too? So what's it like in terms of leaving. crowds? It's, uh, there's, a, there's a holiday hubbub, I would say. A lot of people are lined up. A lot of people just across from me are trying to get their boarding passes, trying to get their bag tags uh, queued up. It's pretty civilized right now. There's a large flight going to, to Beijing just in front of me. People are pretty calm right now. I would say it's maybe the calm before the big storm uh, because as the day wears on, they're expecting 138,000 travelers to come through Pearson here today. Uh, it's not the busiest day of the year, Alan, but it's the busiest day of the holiday season. They're up about 2% uh, from last year. They are ready for it. I'll say that. They've got lots of activities here. We just had three uh, colorfully dressed elves walk by to put a smile on people's faces. They had therapy dogs here earlier. The little things that you could possibly do to try to make people feel better about having to queue up. You uh, have been reporting about problems, ongoing problems, with Air Canada's new reservation system. How is that handling the uh, heavier workload today? You know, Alan, it's uh, it's still a problem. Uh, Air Canada will not call me back on this and have not in in two and a half weeks. We've done several stories, as you know, on the problems. They, they released this brand new reservation system back in November, a system which has had glitches from the get-go. For example, uh, a lot of people not being able to get through on the website, not being able to get their boarding passes, not being able to get through to a travel agent, a tra uh, uh, an agent for their Canada, to the point where they weren't even taking, putting people on hold at a certain point. It's not entirely resolved. So there's a lot of anxiety about that. And I must say, if you're especially an Air Canada traveler, um, it's cliche about getting to the airport early. You must get to the airport early, and especially if you're an Air Canada traveler, because the likelihood of you having some kind of unforeseen problem, I think, based on the calls that we've gotten, the emails, the stories we've done, it's greater with Air Canada than with another airline. Uh, earlier this morning, you uh, tweeted something that caught a lot of people's attention, and I just want to read it for you. It is uh, Here's the text on it. Air Canada passenger says she got her delayed bag back soaked in someone's blood. It seeped inside and ruined the luggage. She says Air Canada is insisting she further handle it by taking it to a repair center, and you have a number of photos of what looks to be like blood on a suitcase. Can you give me an update on this one at all, Sean? Uh, this woman contacted me uh, earlier this week and showed me those photos and I communicated with her. We're not 100% sure, Alan, that it's blood, but it looks like blood. She was told by the Air Canada representative in Nova Scotia when the bag was picked up that it was blood and she was uh, told that uh, she'd have to send this thing, bring this thing to a, a, a store to have it looked at. Uh, it's possible that you know people pack all kinds of things in other suitcases. So from the looks of it, she said, it, whatever struck her bag leaked in, leached through, and has damaged her suitcase. Uh, it's, it's concerning because people 
expect that what they ship, what they carry is going to be okay. And it's also concerning that while Air Canada doesn't apparently have enough time to handle all the calls they're getting from customers, they did have enough time to tell this woman that she's going to have to take another step to get her bag replaced, and she's moving later this week. All of which is to say, be really careful when you pack your bags. I would say photograph your bags, the contents inside, the bag outside. If your bag is lost, there's a greater likelihood you'll be able to get it back. And if you photograph the insides, then if you have to make a claim about loss or damage, you can more easily prove what you had in there. Uh, it's, it's not a sure thing. These new passenger rights rules came into effect this year. It's not a panacea though, Alan. Uh, those are rules that will kick in if you file a claim and if you're dealing with an airline after the fact. So I would just say to people out there, be as careful as you possibly can. Get to the place as quickly as you can or as, as early as you can and be prepared that this is an unpredictable time of year. Flight delays, uh, de-icing, all those kinds of things, pack patience as well as whatever you're putting in the bag. Whether or not that is a bag of blood. We don't know, but we're going to try to find out. That's what we do. <laughs> that, is, that is a disgusting, sticky story, and you can see those photos on Sean's Twitter feed at Consumer SOS. Sean O'Shea is our consumer reporter at Global News, and he's at Pearson Airport today. Sean, great to talk to you. Thanks for being on the program. Alan, see you in the news tonight at 530. Well, if you're not heading for the airport, perhaps you are heading for the mall today because the malls are going to be jammed. According to Moneris, which is one of Canada's largest debit and credit processors, today will be the busiest shopping day of 2019. Black Friday is considered to be the biggest shopping day of the year in terms of spending, but today, Friday, December 20th, the Friday before Christmas, is predicted to be the busiest shopping day of the year. On this day in 2018, the Friday before Christmas, that saw the highest number of transactions out of the entire year, even more money spent than on Boxing Day. David Soberman is with Rotman School of Management, He's a professor of marketing. Always great to have you on the program, David. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I am not thinking about going to the mall, but it seems like the rest of the country is going to shop, shop, shop today. Is it just, what is it driving? Is it la- driving it? Is it a last-minute need, or is it just we're all caught up in this need to buy more stuff? Well, I think it's a combination of two things that you have together. The first is that, of course, you have Christmas Day, which for you know, a significant majority of Canadians is a big holiday and people want to make sure that they've got gifts for everybody. And as always happens, there's probably a few people that you haven't yet got gifts for. So that's uh, one thing which obviously drives the shopping. And the other thing, too, is that um, people do a lot of uh, celebrations and partying and Um, sort of going to other people's homes and wanting to bring things uh, for dinners or for events. And really that starts um, this weekend and, you know, continues through the week of Christmas and then on. And so you combine that with, so you have the fact that people are getting ready for parties. You have the event itself, which is Christmas. And the third thing is that for a significant number of people who manage to convince their bosses to get the days off between uh, Christmas and New Year, this might be their last day of work. And so what they do is they want to actually make sure that 
on the way home from work or maybe at lunchtime they go into the stores and get a lot of that last minute shopping done and so all of that combined uh, serves to make this the most important day of the year for in terms of the number of transactions what you talked about right there is about you know people buying things for christmas and the experiential things like parties tonight it seems to me that this is quite a bit different than black friday which has got a bit more of a lemming sort of fear of missing out uh, flavor to it absolutely and i think the other thing too is that Black Friday is more of a thing where people are buying either for themselves or for their families, whereas at this time of year, a lot more of the buying is for other people. And the, so for that very reason, the things are different. We don't typically go out and buy flat-screen TVs when we're turning up at someone's house for dinner, but we may well buy you know, a nice bottle of wine or a box of chocolates and so on, and these all contribute to making the number of transactions very high. I think I I think I'm going to show up to a, a dinner party with a flat screen TV. That would make me well, popular. You certainly make a splash if you did. <laughs> <laughs> David Silverman is with the Rotman School of Management. Thank you so much for being on the program. No problem. My pleasure. Well, a big thank you to Jeff, who just wrote into uh, my email. That is alan, A-L-A-N dot carter at globalnews.ca, alan dot carter at globalnews.ca. And Jeff called me, well, a couple of words I can't say on radio. So Merry Christmas. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hey, are you in the holiday spirit? I mean, are you in the holiday spirit, you know, when you're not writing angry emails to talk radio hosts, maybe? Maybe you feel good? Uh, a new poll finds that most Americans are feeling grateful this holiday season, but also a little stressed. The Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research Poll finds roughly 7 in 10 surveyed feel grateful describes them extremely well or very well during the holidays, with 6 in 10 saying they have family traditions they're looking forward to this year. However, about 70% of respondents also reported some level of stress. Some level of stress. I'm telling you, if you're over the age of six, you're feeling stress over the Christmas holiday. Even if you're seven, you think? Seven. It begins. Huh. Uh, Angus Reed has released a survey that showed Canadians are increasingly seeing Christmas as a less religious holiday than in years past. There is also a longing for more traditional celebrations, according to this poll. Survey says... 69% of Canadians feel Christmas has lost some of its meaning and has become too commercialized. You know, we say this, people say this every year and then they're like, I'd like a flat screen TV. <laughs> a quarter of those polled say they will attend a religious service at the holiday. That is down from more than 50% two decades ago. Half of us, 20 years ago, were attending some kind of a religious service. And now... That's down to only 25% of us are going to do something like that. I remember in my youth, you know, going to the Christmas concert at the church. That was a thing you had to do. There was no, like, there was no questions asked. You had to go. Rob? Yeah, and then, but one year my parents asked me and I said, no. And, and I never went back. And you never went back. No. And now you are no longer on the straight and narrow. 
Sheba, <laughs> my producer's with me. Have you done any, would you do any religious things on the holidays? No, absolutely not. None. I don't celebrate Christmas. So. Don't celebrate Christmas. So we're good to go. You're fine. Just. We go away usually. Where do you, oh, oh, that sounds oh. fun. Where oh. are you going? Uh, we're going to the Caribbean. Oh, nice. Oh, very nice. Now this survey, stay with us here. The Angus Reid survey also asked about holiday stress and data suggests that lower income Canadians are less likely to look forward to this time of the year due to money worries. Yeah, that I think that's obvious. And then half say the holidays are too expensive. Anxiety, loneliness, and family conflict were also reasons for holiday dread. Do you have the holiday dread, especially when it comes to family? Because another poll of Americans says that it takes less than four hours before people need a break from their extended family during the holidays. That according to new research. 2,000 Americans were surveyed. They were all traveling to visit family for the holidays. They found respondents can spend an average of three hours and 54 minutes with their family before needing a moment to themselves. Wow. <laughs> That's still a lot. You, you don't think you can make four hours? I got to oh, take a break. I'd be I'm going. struggling. <laughs> you, you, always get that, you always get that at Christmas. Like, I'm going out for a walk. Oh, that's it's, why I have a dog. It's yeah. a great excuse. Yeah. It's minus 25 in a blizzard outside. Yeah, got to go walk off the turkey. That's right. You want me to come with you? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Alan, get a dog. <laughs> I got to walk the cat this Christmas. That's what I'm going <laughs> to her Put her around your neck and go outside. I got to take the cat out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you feel about all of that. If you're uh, experiencing the, the holiday stress as we head into the holidays. You know, it's it's one of those weeks where, you know, there's so much to do, especially over the next couple of days. You've got the holiday parties this weekend and then the last minute shopping. And then I always forget about the stockings. That's the last. It's always the last thing on the list. And next thing you know, it's Christmas Eve and you're off to the shoppers. And, and, and here's something that happened to me last year. And this is extra special. It's Christmas Eve and I turned to my children. I'm divorced. I turn to my kids and I say, what'd you get for your mother? And they look at me and they say, what do you mean? But seriously, like, what do you get? Like, you got to have some, a present for your mom. And they're like, no, we don't have anything. I'm like, <gasps> get in the car. We're going. <laughs> so it's Christmas Eve and I'm dashing to the mall to buy something for my ex-wife. That is how, that's, that is Christmas is what that wonderful. is. That's wonderful. I love that. It's very sweet of you, Alan. <laughs> is it though? It I, don't, is. I don't know. I just, I, of course, there was stuff from the kids to me under the Christmas tree. Oh. And that came from my ex wife. Oh. You see? So, yeah, I mean. You guys are setting an example. Of what? Running to the mall at the, <laughs> the last, last minute. Uh, yeah, the, the, example we, goals. the example we are, we're setting for the kids is you don't ever have to do anything by yourself. You don't have to take care of anything. You just your parents will do it for you. It's true. That's what you're teaching them. Well, Christmas <laughs> but, but is are here. They wrong? <laughs> it is the happiest, most stressful time of the year. <laughs> I'm gonna get myself some shortbread, get the cat, and Go head out for a walk. <laughs>
It is Friday. Yes, indeed. Mira Strata and Laura Hensley are here with us as always. Mira is the host of Cultured, which can be heard on this radio station on Saturday nights. And Laura is a journalist with Global News Online. Thank you so much for being here. Happy holidays to you both. Thank you. Happy holidays Happy to you, too. Happy holidays. Just quickly before we get going, are you feeling the holiday stress? No, I'm just, feeling the holiday joy. You got the joy. Yeah. You got the joy, joy, joy. Yeah, I think as soon as you have a few days off work, you just become joyous. So it's, you know, it's a good time. Friday, it's Friday, right? It's Friday! It is indeed <laughs> Friday, and a lot of people might be heading out to the movies, and there are a couple of big blockbusters that have just opened. One is Cats. And the other is the latest installment of Star Wars, and the reviews have been not exactly kind to either one. Let's begin with Cats. What are the reviews saying about this Cats movie? Apparently, it's terrible. That <laughs> <laughs> If you go online on Twitter, there are some hilarious cat puns, which might be more entertaining than the film itself, but people are complaining that the special effects are bad, it seems like it was rushed, there's no storyline, the acting's weird, it just has terrible reviews all around. God, I hate this freaking cat. <laughs> there you go. It's true. Mira, is this something on your must-see list? No, it's a must like I have to close my eyes even when the trailers come on. It's because they're they're like hybrids, like half human. Is it the cat breasts that freak you out? <laughs> right, it's it the was, breasts. It's the human hands, the human faces, and they look naked. And I feel like it's cat porn. I don't. It just it's not it's not sitting well with me. Apparently, at one at one point, the cats actually eat some other human mice or like or somebody else. Some characters dressed up, and it's just this casual violence that happens in the movie. It's very strange. But I will tell you this about Cats. You you mentioned, Laura, that there's no plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just recently saw Cats in the theater again here in Toronto. Excellent production, but there is no plot. Right. The whole point is no plot. It's just Cats dancing, people. (laughs) So if you love Cats dancing, dancing, it's for you. Yeah, or as Laura kind of pointed out, you could just go on Twitter or maybe yeah. you, know, you can go on TikTok, see a couple of cat videos, and boom, you're done. You don't, you know, it's not two and a half hours out of your life. Yeah, this uh, is just the first time I've never wanted to see something with Idris Elba in it, which really? speaks volumes. Okay. I think I need to see it now just because the Twitter reactions have been so hilarious. I need to know what they're talking about, you I, know? Yeah, I think there's a, a fair element of hate watching going to go on yes. with this one. Uh, Star Wars, the latest incarnation is out. Uh, anybody see the reviews on that? That seems to be pretty mixed as well. 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah it's kind of getting lukewarm reviews. I had a couple friends who went and saw it last night, but they actually liked it. They said it was pretty well done, and they left feeling satisfied. So I don't know if it's a mix of like you know critics not liking it, fans liking it. It's still really early, so we'll see how people feel. But so far, it's very lukewarm. Are, the, are those people Star Wars fans? Obviously, if they saw it the first, they're night. fanatics. Yeah. Well, here I will point this out: is that when the Phantom Menace was released, this was the fourth movie, the first movie in the drill in all the movies, but the fourth one to camp to come out. People lined up forever to see it. They saw it multiple times. It smashed box office records, and it's terrible! (laughs) And everybody knows it's terrible! Mm -hmm. It's because everyone was starved for a new Star Wars movie Sure, well, back in the day, but now we have Star Wars all the time, once, one a year. Mm -hmm. But I'm reading things on Twitter that people, that the audience was actually laughing at the screen, and not in a good way. (laughs) That's not good! 
Mira, now you, you said you, you, the cats freak you out. Are you going to go see Star Wars? God, no. No? This is, no, this is not for me. <laughs> not a Star what Wars if, fan. What if Idris Elba was in Star Wars? See that? Okay, so this is right. This is how much I don't want to see cats. If he was in Star Wars, I would go see Star Wars. What about the dude from Silicon Valley? If he was in Star Wars. Hell yeah. Have you seen him lately? So, should we talk about him? Go. I know you're really <laughs> chomping at the old bit here. Because because he is our favorite nerd, like the nerd next door who is now like our number one superhero. It's He posted this picture on December 16th and like internet went crazy. I think because he is the nerdy guy next door who is now... Like Mr. Buffman. Okay, back me up here. Who is he? Kumail Nanjiani yeah, is right. going to be starring one of the stars in upcoming Marvel's Eternals. Oh, so he's going to be a superhero, so he's yeah. got to get ripped. and so he was like, this is the one time in my life I'm going to do it. But it was the post, I think the caption, that really stood up because he was really modest about how he got there. Like, he said it took all of the, like, Marvel fully funded this. It took him a full year of training to get to this physique trainers, dietitians, nutritionists. Apparently, um, later on, it was revealed that he actually had five personal trainers and all of the Marvel money backing, which we don't have. And he said, you know, I understand now why I never did this before. It's like virtually impossible to do this without all of this support, which who has this, right? None of us have superhero money. Laura, you are a trained journalist. I would like you to describe the photo. <laughs> the photo. Okay. <laughs> well, it was... It evoked very uh, intense emotions. It was a very steamy photograph. She was <laughs> no, like not steam on the lens. But... No, not no steam <laughs> okay. on the lens. Very crystal clear lens. Was it a bathroom selfie? It looked a little like a bathroom selfie. It sort of did. I mean, he was topless, but his muscles were very clearly defined. I mm. mean, there was no doubt he is completely ripped. He's super buff. Um, and I think that <laughs> people I'm were at just the photo right shocked. now. It's not a selfie. His hands are on his hips. It had the bathroom effect, though. It, it kind of looks that. like he might be in, like, a gym change room sure. or something. But the point is, um, it got a lot of attention because, like, you know, Mira said, we haven't really seen him in this light before. And now he's shirtless and he is totally ripped. So people are paying attention to him. Stuber. Like, did you guys see Stuber? Like, he's super nerd. And now he's superhero. Now he's... Which makes it, like, that's why, it's not like seeing The Rock, you're like, yeah, I seen you, you're a rep. Sure. Like, it's but something this is refreshing the, this about this. this is the this. nerdy dude who gets a, a role. See, this is what we all need, is we need roles <laughs> in Avengers movies, and then we're all set, because you get five personal trainers. Exactly. You want to know another way to, to get buff? Yeah, to please. sit on an angled <laughs> toilet. Oh, okay, we're going to get to the crapper in just a second, because I want, before we get to the angled crapper, I want to talk about Ruth Wilson leaving the affair, saying that the sex scenes were uncomfortable. What was, okay, tell me about this story. Okay, so Ruth Wilson, this was back in 2018, she abruptly left uh, Showtime's The Affair, and this was after she earned a Golden Globe for it, and she didn't really talk about it. We now know that there was an NDA, which she wasn't allowed to talk about. She had alluded to, you know, that being a much bigger story behind it. Uh, Now we know what that story is. Hollywood Reporter has interviewed quite a few people um, around that show, and apparently it had to do with a lot of the uh, scenes of nudity on the show that were 
made that made her feel quite uncomfortable. Um, conflicts with the showrunner, as well as um, something about pictures, something to do with Lena Dunham. Um, and there's now a formal investigation that is going on as well, um, all cul- culminating in what has been deemed as a hostile work environment on that program. See, now, taking it from that particular show, I, this has got to be such a huge thing now in movie making. I mean, you know, you think of you know all those steamy scenes and all of the ways it could really go wrong, which brings us to something that I had not heard of before, which is... Intimacy coordinator. What is that? An intimacy coordinator is essentially sort of a coach that works on movie or TV sets. And so when there's scenes that involve nudity or anything to do with sex, they're there to make sure the actors feel okay. They're there to make sure that no one's crossing the line. And they kind of talk through scenes with actors to make sure everyone's on the same page. And I think in a post-Me Too world, they have a really important role. You know, if we hear these stories in Hollywood about actors feeling pressured to do things, they can never say no to sex scenes. These intimate coordinators are there to sort of act as buffers, so to speak, and make sure that nothing, you know, happens to them, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Imagine uh-huh. that on your business card. You're just at a cocktail party <laughs> and that's your job. What do you do? I'm an intimacy coordinator. That's that. That is a job. All right. Uh, speaking that of jobs, job. let's get to um, this thing that I have seen in my social media feed all week long, and I haven't clicked on it because it just seemed too weird, but it is the story of the week really for you, Mira, the angled toilet. It is, because, first of all, I'd like to say, so apparently in the UK, extended employee breaks are costing the UK industry an estimated £4 billion a year. And companies are not happy, so somebody, some angry person, has designed this sloped toilet so we will spend less time Wait, what, on the why, crapper. Why would you spend less time on a sloped because toilet? Because it's so damn uncomfortable. But I would just like to say, as somebody who has tummy problems, I don't dictate how much time I spend in there. You see me getting all riled up about this? You, I, I, see, I see you getting riled up. This is a weird... This is so strange. And this thing has kind of blown up on social media, Laura. Yeah, so essentially this toilet puts you in a position that's similar to a squat. So after five minutes, your legs are supposed to be so tired that you don't want to sit on the toilet anymore. You have to get up and leave. So the whole point <laughs> is that employees don't spend prolonged periods of time on the can. But I think this is a problem in the UK. If you've been to the UK, their food is terrible. Their food that's is what I'm just saying. Like, what they horrible. have tummy issues. They have digestive issues, and I think think that's the larger problem here but the fact that companies are trying to monitor how long people spend on toilets has caused a bit of an uproar people are mad about it now this is a design so this is an idea nobody's actually put this thing in yet as far as i know no no but what i was saying is this is a way for marvel to save money because the way that it is sloped is you will get crazy quads so forget about going to the gym like kumel you just sit on this toilet all day I'm going to work out a few things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our uh, our culture stories for the week. But before we go uh, and uh, take a break for the holidays, just a, a quick question about holiday stress and how you both handle holiday stress at this time of the year. Knock it back with some bourbon. Little nog. <laughs> Hard to the nog. 
I mean, I try to escape my family if they drive me crazy. Who They might be listening right now. I love them. But when they start to drive me a little insane, I just leave the house. I'll, you know, I'll go to make sure I go to the gym, go for a walk. Just leave. Sometimes you need space. This is funny. Just in our last segment, we were talking about this new poll that says that uh, the average person can only spend three hours and 54 odd minutes with their family before they need a break. It's a little me time, a little downtime. That seems long to me. That does seem quite long. I mean, you can have little micro breaks. You know, maybe you go to the bathroom during Christmas <laughs> and sit there for half an hour. Come on! <laughs> I put in a sloped toilet for a reason. Mira <laughs> Estrada and Laura Hensley, the best of the season to you both. You thank too. Thank you so much for Happy being holidays. Me. And thank you so much for spending some time with me this hour. I'm away next week for a little holiday break, a little bit of family, and then back shortly after the new year. If you're getting some time to spend with your family, please enjoy it. Have a great, safe holiday season. We'll see you next year.